Hi everyone and welcome to a podcast on the Succeeding as a Management Consulting premium book about the power utility sector. Now, up front I must say that um, this book fell into the sweet spot for me because while I wasn't the partner from Firms Consulting leading the engagement uh, for the real client, I was the senior partner overseeing the thinking behind it and you know, working with the client and the partner who was on this full time to 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 think through the strategy we put together. I would say it's the most difficult project we did not from the sense that we didn't understand the industry because what made this project very difficult is that I do have a utilities background. So the fact that we felt this project was difficult even though we had even though I had a utilities background some of the team members it would tell you how difficult the problem was and it it fell into the sweet spot for me because it it fell into the type of engagement I used to do at the firm. For you know, for one thing, it, we were dealing with these massive state-owned enterprises that usually contributed something like in you know, a minimum of 10% to GDP. So that if anything happened to the SOE, state-owned enterprise, the entire economy goes into free fall. But on the other hand, such large state-owned enterprises have two problems. The government milks them. It tries to take out as much cash as it can to pay for all kinds of things to in inverted commas, influence voters. And at the same time, it puts a lot of added strain on these utilities to say, why don't you support our adventure to build a television station? Why don't you support our initiative to build hospitals? So you've got this utility, which is being having cash pumped out of it into government ventures not related to its core business, then being forced to invest in things that are unrelated to its core business so it has no idea how to do it. And the fact that it has no idea how to do it is divesting you know, manpower and executive time into non-related businesses. And because it doesn't understand much about them, it usually pays us more for them. At the same time, its core business is aging and becoming creaky and undergoing maintenance problems. And what typically happened in this case, which is kind of normal for these kind of utilities, is at some point, the strategy of basically removing all the cash and forcing them to grow reaches a point whereby you've got this really huge business that's been not maintained and falling apart. And it's reached a point of such desperation that the government cannot do anything about it. And the only way to fix it is to privatize the industry. And that's when you have a deregulation bill winding its way through parliament. Now, you know, when when thinking about this, you know, I can think of a couple of utilities that are going through this right now. Pemex in Mexico, the oil company, you know, there's a huge bill that's being debated. I'm not sure if it'll ever go through the parliament to deregulate that oil industry and that oil company and introduce private sector investment. Now, when we came into this project, we did this for a real a Latin American um, state-owned um, utility. Um, it's not Mexico. I, we, we use Mexico as an example there because you know we can't identify the, the client as per the rules of our engagement, but everything you read here is true. Very, very strenuous time, I think, for the team. I think we went through enormous stress because... While the other studies were, you know, they were they were okay. They were for the one on financial services was for a private bank. The one on the public sector was for a European postal service, which had a large safety net. The one in aggregate business is set in Canada, which has, you know, a well-developed economy. Here, we were dealing with client issues where if this utility collapsed, it would have caused an enormous impact on the country. If the blackouts that were planned and being scheduled for went ahead, the country's credit rating would have been hit, foreign direct investment would have collapsed and so on. So, you know, it was very difficult for us to do the study, more so because we were working in you know, pretty much secret here, you know, working for the chairman and going through the numbers and 
I would say that I did feel at times that we were misled in this study because, you know, when you're talking to the client about what we can do for them, they, they basically couldn't afford consulting work at this point. So, no, you know, they have no options. And there was also a trust issue where they trust us a lot. I did feel that the magnitude of the problems they were facing were not fully released for us. For example, three of their power stations we're going to go through, you know, um, midlife overhauls. A midlife overhaul basically means that you know, power stations are huge facilities. They run over 20 to 30 years in some cases. So what happens is that you've got to shut down that power station at its midlife and do a massive maintenance and refurbishment program. Now, when you shut down three massive power stations, that means you have a shortage of supply of power. And if you have a shortage of supply of power and you haven't catered for that in your maintenance planning, you have what is known as a dip in the reserve capacity. The reserve capacity is the amount of excess power you, you have in the system so that if any of, if there's any problems or power station shutdowns, you can use you can use the excess power. Now, reserve capacities range from 30 to 15%. Uh, now, these guys, before they shut down the plant, they had a reserve capacity of about 10%. When you're shutting down your three to four largest plants, you actually have a deficit. Now, we were not told about that when we were, you know, took on the study. So, on the one hand, do I blame the executives? No, I think that they had a lot on their plate and they probably were desperate. So, they, you know, wanted some help. They wanted ex-partners who knew what they were doing in the utility space. I can understand that. But it didn't diminish the risk we were taking on because while, you know, we have these you know, heavily binding non-disclosure agreements we sign with clients. There is nothing preventing a you know um, someone from asking for the utility to give a full disclosure on who they engaged, um, and our name would be out there in the market. So, one of the reasons I took the role you have senior partner, and not engagement partner, is that I felt that this was not simply an issue of managing the project correctly. I did feel this was an issue of managing the client well and grooming and training that chairman and the CEO to handle the enormous you know, pressures they were facing. And at a certain point, this book blended into the executive coaching we did. You know, where we've got to come in and deal with an executive who's facing a massive PR and career problem and help them stabilize the ship. And that's what the book became. You know, what started off as a book became a executive coaching client. Now, I'm not saying we planned that and, you know, we're happy about it. In fact, you know, for most of that time, we refused to be paid for the executive coaching work. We don't get paid for the book because we want all of the material to be published. But on the executive coaching side, I did feel that it was difficult. You've got issues all over the press all the time. You've got a chairman who's really worried because, you know, if everything goes wrong, the elections are basically two years, maybe, I think it was one and a half years away at that point. The president will be all over him for basically, you know, completely wrecking the, his chances of being elected. You've got a CEO who's a token CEO, you know, appointed not because he has any skills in the sector, but because he's a well-known person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong and he was not accomplished. I did feel that in this particular case, the management team was quite strong and the operating team was quite strong. But I did feel that the CEO was appointed more because he had the right credentials to serve as running for running a state-owned enterprise versus someone who actually had the credentials to run a utility through a crisis. You know, you basically have to be an operator to do that. And while this was going on, they were trying to fund this massive development to to pay for all of the you know um, uh, to pay for all of the electricity needs as urbanization has increased and the country was you know uh, becoming more and more industrialized. Now, 
though that's a context right very very difficult to pull off i would say i would say that in structuring this study the bulk of our work went into trying to figure out how we were going to lay out the sequence of activities you know what was most important and what was least important right so for example you've got all of these things happening but which do you focus on first you know do you decide that okay we're going to focus on which of the key customers to retain as we start dropping power or do we decide okay how do we restructure the operations so that we don't drop power or do we go for a rolling maintenance program so that some clients major you know clients industrial users reduce their power so that we can keep all of the plants running but we are we are supplying less power those are the decisions we had to make at the end of the day we realized that we had to prevent the blackouts which is the biggest obstacle we had to face at the same time while that was happening prepare to build new power stations and it was a difficult project i must be honest with you this is one of the most stressful projects we had to build organizational structures for how we'd move employees across and so on but the amount of detail we produce in this book is i think staggering you know we go into the details of how of the economics of nuke well this was a central asian country they were not so a central american country they're not going to be producing nuclear stations but we do talk about the economics of nuclear stations but we go heavily into the economics of different types of coal fired stations different types of gas fired stations different types of hydro stations you know what are the issues in terms of building concentrated stations far away stations and then the sequence of steps they would have to take to get themselves out of this we don't discuss the pr side of things because we felt that lay on the executive coaching side of things and we never ever discussed that in the in the public domain even though they are again it's hard to identify the client we decided not to do that but i would say that when it comes to dealing with these you know massive mega crises the biggest thing you are dealing with here is making sure the executive running the organization i wouldn't say mature but has the wherewithal to handle the you know the withering criticism in the press so i hope you enjoy the book it's one of the more interesting books we've done